Welcome to another fun-filled edition of Second City Sports Weekend Edition, Zoom Style. Zoom Style. Along with Miss Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown. That's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at SidK80. Once again, that's SidK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. You can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina Girl McGee on the IG. You can follow this podcast, Second City Sports. We are dropping videos every Monday and Friday right here on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. Videos first every Monday and Friday. Our podcast audio version will drop every Tuesday and every Saturday at War on Anchor. Once again, at W-A-R-R on Anchor. That's every Tuesday and Saturday for our podcast version, which keeps you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and that Our Heart Radio app. We're available on, on all podcast platforms. Type in that search engine box, W-A-R-R on Anchor. And go to our website, weareregalradio.com for more details. And you can follow us once again on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at War Media. Once again, W-A-R-R Media. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and right here on YouTube. Thank you in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. As George Hoffman, friend of the show, always says, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. That's going to be like, I wish, we, had, I wish we had like a little thing at the bottom where we're like, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. That would have been. You know, we got we to ask our guy, uh, Daydream Cologne, about this. See yeah, if we can do I'll something say, about that. Yeah, yeah. he'd probably be good at that. He's good at that stuff. So, yeah, we got to get him to do it. Yeah, we are unapologetically fun, Lakina. Let's start off with baseball since we are here in the great city of Chicago. Let's go to the south side of town. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's address the big elephant in the room. No, not the White Sox taking two out of three from the Twins, which was important. But manager Tony La Russa stuck his foot in it again. Yeah. <laughs> Let's follow the timeline. And this is the first time we comment on this. So for those of you that listen to everybody else throughout the week, we apologize. But I know you want to hear our thoughts on this silly manner. And during Monday's 16-4 route of the Twins, your man Mercedes, the rookie-designated hitter, hit a home run off the Twins' first baseman, which landed in the center field area. But the story was told that your man Mercedes missed the take sign. Following the game, Tony La Russa addressed the media and said that your man was clueless and he wanted to go apologize to Twins manager Rocco Baldelli for quote-unquote, running up the score. Mm-hmm. According to reports, the Minnesota Twins players were very outraged. We'll get into that part in a minute. Mm-hmm. During the, the next game, which the Sox lost 5-4 to four in nine innings, the Minnesota Twins players took out their frustrations on Yermin Mercedes, i.e. pitcher Tyler W., who threw at Mercedes' backside and was ejected from the game. Rocco Baldelli uh, ran out to the mound and tried his best at being Bobby Cox and any other manager that you want to think of with a hot temper. That didn't work. His ass got tossed too, which prompted in a suspension for Tyler Duffy for three games and Rocco Bardelli for one game. The White Sox continued the next day with a great performance by Lucas Giolito with 11 strikeouts and eight innings as the White Sox took the third game of the series 2-1. to one. And the White Sox, as we currently sit here today, which is Saturday, as of this recording, uh, they are 26-16 with the best record in baseball. They have an important series with the New York Yankees this weekend, and the Bronx 
we'll give you our Cisco and Eber reviews <laughs> of those <laughs> of the three games on our next episode. Lakina, a couple of things here. Tony Larusa, I, I always say this about people. I'm not I'm not here to try to change your core values and what you believe in. Whatever helps you succeed in life, I'm all for it. Uh, as long as you don't impede your beliefs on anybody else or disrespect anybody else, I'm all for it. As I said before, Tony LaRussa is a perfect manager that, that this team needs right now. But the only problem that I had was he called out Jermaine Mercedes in public, calling him clueless, and that he needs to learn the quote-unquote unwritten rules of baseball. If you believe that, that's fine. But with issues like that, take that behind closed doors. Once again, I'll repeat myself. Take that behind closed doors. <laughs> Number two, shout out to Lance Lynn and Tim Anderson for sticking up for their teammate uh, in, in front of the media. Mm -hmm. Because you know as well as I do, Lakina, this is still a young ball club. Yes, you have Jose Abreu. Yes, you have Dallas Keuchel. Yes, you have Lance Lynn, as I mentioned just a second ago. You still have young veterans in that locker room, but it's still a very young team. If you allow an issue like this to carry over on this ball club where expectations are very high, there's going to be a problem. And that's why we talked about this before we started recording, that Wednesday's game was very important. The White Sox played the clean game, and they won 2-1. to one. If the White Sox didn't win their game on Wednesday, it, all hell would have broke loose. And whether it, whether it was true or not, uh, the, the incident that happened on Monday night into Tuesday would have carried over, and I guarantee you that the New York media would have asked, uh, asked the, those questions with, uh, to the White Sox players and their manager uh, this weekend as the White Sox are taking on the Yankees in, in the Bronx at the new Yankee Stadium. Uh, the, uh, the magnifying glass would have been that much higher, but since the Sox won on Wednesday, it looks like things are, are cooled down just a bit. As we all know, Lakina, winning – doesn't cure everything. It just covers it up. When you lose, everything's out in the open. I just strongly disagree that Tony LaRussa, uh, uh, the way he handled it, you handle that stuff behind closed doors, and whatever happens after that happens. I think he just want to flaunt his credentials, and he has great credentials. Why not? He's in the Hall of Fame for a reason, but to go into your ego and flaunt your attitude uh, you know everything better than anybody else, and you're trying to make an example out of your man Mercedes, calling him clueless and trying to belittle him in public. Uh, I, I thought it was just uncalled for. Now, if your man Mercedes, after he hit that home run on Monday, if he gave the middle finger or did the Randy Moss back in 2003, pretend to pull his pants down, something like that, then as a fan, I would have loved it. But in hindsight, I would have had a problem with that. Just hit your home run and go on. But that didn't happen. You know I mean? Mercedes hit a three-all fastball. And, it's, uh, and I heard, uh, be, before I give it back to you, I heard some people say uh, when when a position player uh, pitches for that team, uh, they cause, uh, they waving the white flag, which is true. But to the opposing uh, team, it's not my job to help you out, okay? So I am I'm your main Mercedes wearing a White Sox uniform. My job is to help my team win. It's not my job to help out the Twins win. It, it, it was embarrassing that you got your ass kicked, okay? Yeah, you could be upset at him 
thinking that they rubbed it in, okay? But last time I checked, the ball game was not over. You still played to win. It's not my job to help the Twins out, okay? You suck this year, okay? Jeremy Mercedes did what he was supposed to do. Okay, if, you, if the story was true that he missed the take sign, then shame on, uh, on Mercedes, okay? But the game was not over yet. And it, what bothers me, especially in professional sports, period, people, uh, players, and sometimes coaches too, want to talk all this junk and thinking that they're gangster and all that, taking it to Twitter, taking it to Instagram, taking it to Facebook, talking crap in front of me after already have you still mad. Where is the attitude two hours ago? Where is the attitude three hours ago? If you had put your energies in more positive things, maybe you would be in the socks that night, twins. But you talk sour grapes, shame on you. I have no, no, no uh, apologies for you. If you're the White Sox, don't apologize for what you did. The twins, you suck. Where was that anger two hours ago? You could have put that into your offense and maybe you wouldn't have beaten the Sox. But no, you want to get mad afterwards. Getting mad afterwards is not going to do a damn thing for that day, okay? I'm wearing the White Sox uniform. I'm helping my team win the game on that day. It's not my job to help you out, especially if you have your position player in you waving the white flag. What am I supposed to do? Help you out and solving the blow? No, the game is not over. Shame on the Twins for what they did. And their, their announcer who had a problem with it, yeah, he has the right to appear. I have a right to mine too. Go jump in the lake and die. I'm going to jump in here because I'm going to jump. I'm going to jump in here because you've been going on for about five minutes. And um, look, I'll, I'll start with this. I mean, the most important thing is that the Sox have one of the best records in the league. If that's, if that wasn't the case, I mean, this would be dominating all over the place. And actually it actually (laughs) already has dominated all over the place. Now, again, I mean, look, if, if, if Mercedes missed the miss, look, I, I kind of tuned out from the game because the game was a blowout. So I just like, you know what? I didn't learn, learn about it until I saw it on Twitter. People were like going crazy. We saw some of our, our Sox friends, you know, Janice and, and James, you know, they've, you know, who we've, we've had on the show. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I was like, huh? And then I saw the replay. I'm like, oh, that's what happened. And then you saw, and then we all saw Luisa's, Luisa's comments. We saw, or we read his quotes afterwards. I, I mean, look. He's old school. We know this when he got the job. This is why I was very concerned with him getting the job is because you have this old school, you know, old school guy, you know, teaching, a, you know, a bunch of, I don't want to say misfits because they're not, but, you know, about young guys that play the game differently mm-hmm. and stuff. Now, after what Mercedes did and look, you do that stuff behind closed doors. You don't. You know, you, you don't like say, look, I'm going to punish him and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, if you saw um, Mercedes's Instagram, he actually, he scrubbed it. So, you know, read it into it however you want in that, in that sense. But mm-hmm. I mean, look, for me, look, I think look, they're just lucky. Look, the White Sox are lucky that they're, they got the best record in the league right now, because if not, this would be the dominant headline everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it has, it was sort of a local story for a couple of days and it's, it kind of blew nationally. You saw the guys in Get Up talking about, we saw um, the guys um, with, you know, Keyshawn, Jay-Z and Zubin, you know, Alan Hodfield and for Zubin talking about it on, on their radio show. It, it's, just, it's just crazy how this is how the White Sox get headlines for something that's being done, you know, some, you know, tomfoolery off the field. I mean, it, it's just crazy. So, look, for me, look, here's what I say with this. I mean, look, the Twins should have been, you know, not been upset about it, you know, not through a conniption, through a fit, however you want to say it. They, ne- they never should have done that. Now, as for, you know, when Mercedes did, I mean, look, Mercedes just, just stick to doing what he's doing. He should just be himself, you know, be you, as Matt Nagy would say from the Bears would say, and just, you know, go all out. And, look, I think La Russa should just, 
we'll see what happens with him because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of growing, you know, you know, going, you know, growing sentiment that maybe he should be gone. Especially, look, things like that's this not could, gonna happen, folks. But, but even still, though, is, is this could this definitely go two two ways. This could either this will you know this will motivate the the White Sox team and just you know look, let's win at all costs, inspire their manager. We've seen it happen. I mean, you could probably say the Cubs did with Joe Matton, you know, a few years ago, mm-hmm. and then some other other instances in other sports. But if they do end up sticking up the place said, look, I look, I don't look, I, I don't want to play for this dope and just let their, let their play kind of like go to crap. That that's going to be a problem. So it could go two different ways. Now, luckily they won on Thursday, you know, luckily they did that because if they had lost, then that would have been a big story on Friday, yesterday. Now they've got a, a pretty tough series against the Yankees who are kind of starting to kind of, you know, bubble up a little bit they're trying to you know getting their thing going so i don't know i mean this could this is not going to go away this controversy whether the, the socks whether jerry Reinsdorf or rick hahn whether they like it or not this is going to be around for a while you're listening to the weekend edition of second city sports along with lakina mcgee i am sydney browns we talk chicago baseball in particular the chicago white Sox and their quote-unquote controversy with tony la russa lakina I heard some people say uh, throughout the, the last 24 hours or so that where was Jerry Reinsdorf, where was Kenny Williams, where was Rick Hahn? I get where people are coming from with that, but I don't need them to to speak up right now. That's why you have a manager for. Now, if it gets out of the manager, i.e. in this case, Tony LaRusso, now this happens again, he does the same thing again, and it gets worse, then yes, Grandpa Jerry Reinsdorf should come down. And, and, and talk to him, but I don't need those three gentlemen uh, coming down right now. I don't. Now, if this happens again and it gets worse, then yes. But right now, I don't need to hear from any three, any of those three gentlemen, in particular Ryan Store. If it starts affecting their the play on the field, then I can probably see that happening. But right now, mm-hmm. I think they should just just let it let it die down. And you know, even though people are going to still talk about it, they just let the controversy die down. So else is going to do something stupid, and people will start paying attention to that because that's just how attention spends are now. So I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not gonna um, you know dwell on that. But let's talk about the on the field now for the White Sox real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, look, the, look, the White Sox are two out of three from the Twins. I mean. Look, despite like everything, and, and and like I said before, they got a tough series against the Yankees this weekend. So we'll see how they do. We'll see how they measure up to the Yankees. But I mean, look, the pitching, look, the you know, Giolito. I think, thank goodness, you know, Giolito did, did his thing on Thursday because that would have been a big problem because mm-hmm. the Twins actually had their chances in that Thursday game in that rubber match. So Wednesday. And, yeah, on Wednesday. Oh, yeah, they were off yesterday. My bad. All, all the days are sort of like, you know, are, are gobbled <laughs> up now. It's, it's, it's crazy. But, yeah, on Wednesday, you know, they thankfully Gilly will pitch the gym because if not, that would we would have had a problem. We would have had a different conversation, you know, today, Sid. But they did, you know, the White Sox won it. You know, they got two out of three. You know, we'll see how they do against the Yankees. And, and I think, look, you're still in first place. You know, the, the Cleveland's still, like, nipping at your heels a little bit. But – Mm-hmm. I, I look. I think that if you're other than all the all the Tom Fury is going on off the field, I think you should be feeling pretty good if you're a White Sox fan right now. Yes, and in the, the starting pitching, as we talked about before, uh, that's the way that the White Sox are going to win, especially given the entry history of this ball club right now. Of course, Dallas Keiko had a great game on Monday, doing a 16 to four route of the Twins. Of course, Giolito came back on Wednesday. 
and, and held it down, even though the Sox uh, barely squeaked across two runs. The starting pitching was tremendous, and that was clearly uh, Giolito's best uh, personal performance of the season. Uh, innings pitched um, with eight in a career high, a season high rather, excuse me, in strikeouts with 11. Like you said, uh, I was ready to at, ask uh, a, a different question about Giolito, but I'm going to hold it for now, so I'm not going to give it away. And hopefully I don't want to ask uh, that question, so I'll leave it there for you guys to ponder. Now, as far as offensively, it was uh, a great outburst on Monday night for the Sox. And you're starting to see uh, unsung heroes come through, like Larry Garcia, Garcia, not Larry, Larry Garcia, Garcia, uh, uh, Danny Mendek, who had a home run during that series. I think it was a grand slam to be his act during Monday's route. Mm-hmm. And uh, Adam Eaton has been uh, coming through ever since he returned to the lineup. So it, it's those guys that you don't hear from. They're not superstars. They need to contribute. You saw that uh, during this series against the White Sox. Now their bullpen, Aaron Bummer, who you know I've been high on for the last couple of years. He's been kind of disappointing. Liam Hendricks, one day I want to wring his neck. And then uh, at times I want to give him a clap. Tuesday's game was inexcusable. The White Sox should have stole that one. But Hendricks came came back on Wednesday and shut it down for for a save. So hopefully Hendricks can stay consistent and he'll be fine. Aaron Bummer, I'm worried about the other relievers. Um, Evan Marshall, it looks like he's starting to turn around. Hopefully Matt Foster's been pretty impressive. So I like what I'm seeing from him. The, it looks like the bullpen's starting to turn around a little bit, but I just need them to be more consistent. The, the offense is going to do what they're going to do, but that middle relief is what I'm worried about right now. Well, I, look, I said it when we had our preview, White Sox preview, I think that's going to be the wild card, that middle relief for the White mm-hmm. Sox. And they've been up and down. And, look, you're going to be facing Yankees team that's actually been playing pretty – haven't hit the ball pretty good lately. Mm-hmm. So – I wouldn't, don't be surprised if we see some of these 11 tens or nine, 10, 10, nine games or nine, eight games or whatever. <laughs> that should, mm-hmm. you know, that'll be a, a, you know, a nice little offensive um, showcase there for, for both teams. But look, I, look, I said it before, I think, look, if we, if you can get the middle relief together, I think maybe you can look that back end also to that rotation too. I mean, you, you know, we don't really mm-hmm. know. I mean, Ro, Rodon has, has struggled a little bit lately. So, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know what to, what to think about him at this point in the season, but look, but like I said, I mean, we'll see. I mean, look, I think the, 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 the talent is there for the White Sox and despite everything that's been going on off the field, you know, we'll, we'll see how they respond. And I think that's what, if you want to be a championship team, you know, adversity, how you respond to it, that's going to be the thing. Yes, it's definitely going to be the thing. As we said before, they're playing the Yankees this weekend in the Bronx as we speak. We'll give you our Cisco and Ebo review of the series coming up on our next episode on Tuesday. But I'm not going to say this is the biggest series of the year, Lakina. I think we talked about this in our uh, talked about this in our last episode. It's not the biggest series of the year, but it's an important series. If you take at least two out of three from the Bronx Bombers, the, the confidence should go up even higher. I know we're missing Corey Kluber for this series. Congratulations to him for pitching the hitter on Wednesday at Texas at Globe Light Park. But look, but we're going to face Garrett Cole in this series, and he's been their best pitcher, as we told you guys before. So so goes Garrett Cole, so goes that starting rotation for the Yankees. If he goes down, they're up the creek, okay? So we'll see what the Sox can do against him. But if you take two out of three for the Yankees, like, as you mentioned, Lakina, they started to turn it around. 
it, it, it should do a whole lot of wonders for this White Sox team. We'll look. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. It should be a, a fun series. So, and I think one of them is getting the national TV treatment, if I'm not mistaken. I'll look it up for. Is it? I I think. So. Let me let me see. I mean, but but yeah, I think like you got two, you know, two of the best you know teams in the AL or two of the best teams in the AL, you know, going at it. I mean, look, I look. I think this is going to be this. Look, this is going to be a very interesting series, no doubt. And like I said before, I mean. You're going to see, yeah, uh, no, I'm, I'm kind of surprised, but okay. But, you know, kind of surprised it's not getting the national TV treatment, but, you know, but it's okay. I mean, look, I'm sure, look, I'm sure it's going to be the top story among all the, all of baseball for the next, you know, this next few days. So we'll see what happens. Now let's go to the North sides for this for a second. Um, mm-hmm. Cubs take three out of four from Washington. They could have, they could have swept, but, you know, Matt Scherzer outdueled Jake Arrieta in their pitcher's duel mm-hmm. on Tuesday. But, look, they win three out of four. They're batting. You know, Matt Duffy, you know, was kind of showing you one of those young Cubs that I know a lot of, you know, a lot of fans that have, have, have relied on. And, look, he's been, you know, doing his thing. And, you know, that's despite – that's, you know, the Cubs were doing all this in spite of, you know, having some of their injuries to get some of those guys back. But, look, Contreras had a homer off Lester, mm-hmm. you know, during that, you know, homecoming, you know, the – you know, they kind of like, you know, they had like their tributes, but you know, again, you know, you can tell that they really wanted to win this game. You know, he and Jay, Hay- Jay, Hay- Jason Hayward and Javi both all hit home runs off of Lester, but, and you know, the rest is actually going to be in a very good series. So David Martinez almost lost it in a couple of those games. So trying to pull Ozzie again. <laughs> it's just crazy. I forgot but... who else pulled out the first, all oh, those, um, that was Lou a... Penelope back yeah. in the day, yeah, I believe. Say, yeah. Like, so yeah, do, yeah, that that you know totally lost it there. But look, I think if you're the Cubs, you're in a good spot right now. You have the Cardinals; they've been playing a little bit better lately. But if you can look, if you can win two out of three in that series, I think look, you might you might be in it in the in National League Central. No one's pulling away from that division. So mm-hmm. I think look, you know the pitching, you know, is going up and down. But look, the middle relief has been actually been not too bad. So again, it I was think, actually good this series against the yeah, Nationals. Yeah, right. So Craig Kimball's been doing his thing as well. So you take a look at this Cubs team. Uh, they did what they had to do against a, a mediocre team at the Nationals. I did watch that John Lester game from uh, from Monday from beginning to end. It was a very good game. The Cubs took advantage of a couple of his mistakes, and I'm glad that uh, some of your big guys are starting to come through, like Javi Baez and Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, not so much, but. You know, he had other stars that you mentioned, Matt Duffy. I, meant, I forgot to mention him uh, uh, in, the, in our last episode. Where, did he, where has he come from? Now he's going, mm-hmm. to be them, he's going to be that much more important because Jason Hayward is yeah. currently on the injured list. So you need him to come through. Ian Happ, he had a big, had a big home run on Thursday mm-hmm. uh, in, that, uh, in that series finale against the Nationals. You need those guys to come through and – uh, you get us from this Cubs team right now. You mentioned the middle relief. Uh, it, it, it's been tremendous over this past week or so. Now you're facing a big test at St. Louis on the road. I think it's the first time they played each other this year, correct? Yep. yep okay, yep. so I know they're getting the national uh, treatment tonight on Fox at 6.15 p.m. Central Standard Time. Right? Everybody else, I believe, is getting um, – I forgot who else is – I think it's Boston and Boston Philly. I don't have the schedule. In Boston and Philly, while you West Coasters will get – uh, San Francisco and the LA Dodgers. <laughs> I'll be watching that one live via my computer. So <laughs> it should be a great night for baseball tonight as Fox Saturday Baseball makes its debut in primetime tonight. 
But uh, getting back to the North side, as, as you mentioned, they're hanging around 500. No one's going to run away with this division. You thought St. Louis might have a chance to create some breathing room. Maybe they will this weekend, but right for right now, they've been up and down too. And this will be a good opportunity for the Cubs to take two out of three. Mm-hmm. Can they do it? We shall see. But this will be their biggest test of the year up to this point, given all their struggles. Yeah, I, look, I think if you're if you're a Cubs fan, you're surprised. It's by it's by of everything that's been happening with all the injuries and such. So, I mean, look, there were one game over 500 as of this recording. So, I think look, if you're in a, you're in a good spot if you're the Cubs right now. Now, hopefully, you can take advantage and <laughs> look. The Cardinals, like I said, they're not role beaters. So let's you know, you can play them, and it's going to be very interesting this weekend. No doubt yes. about it. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. It's, like I said, it's the biggest series for them up to this point for the year. We saw what they did against the Dodgers about a, a couple of weeks ago, and we saw what they've done against bad teams uh, with Detroit and Washington going 5-2 and two in their last seven games. Uh, af- after you face St. Louis on the road, you, you go to Pittsburgh for three games next week, and then you come home next weekend for a Memorial Day weekend series against Cincinnati for three. And then the San Diego Padres come to town for a big three-game series starting on Monday, Memorial Day in the afternoon. So uh, the Cubs have a chance to uh, pile up some wins right here, including uh, this weekend series against the Cardinals. So they, they can make hay right here. If they can, uh, uh, they'll look better than what most people expect, even though with the, uh, some of their pieces missing due to injuries right now. And you got to commend David Ross for the great managerial job he's done to kind of keep things sort of like level despite everything, you know, with the injuries and now with the, the vaccine issues. We won't get into that, but, you know, mm-hmm. we, can, we should definitely commend him for keeping kind of everybody sort of like level headed and, you know, letting, you know, let your frustrations out on the field. Yep. All right, so, so what are the other than, you know, Corey Kluber's, you know, no hitter, that's what, seven? We're, we're counting seven because we're, we're counting that Baumgartner um, no hitter, even though it was a seven inning, you know, double header. We're still going to count yeah. that. <laughs> that's the most, that's the most, don't forget about the Detroit Tigers. They threw a no hitter too. Yeah, yeah, they did like a team no hitter, which is, uh, so if you're, so if you're playing Seattle, if you're playing Cleveland or Texas, you know, maybe put your get your best pitcher out there. Maybe they can get a no hitter. I don't know, but that seems to be <laughs> that seems to be like the like that could, like the thing. But do you, some people are asking is the, is the no hitter kind of like lessened its value just because it seems like it's been happening so frequently? I don't think so. Uh, it's still a rare feat. Not everybody can do that. I I was going to ask you that. I, I see where people are coming from as far as all uh, has his lost his luster, but I think is due to the approach of the hitters, you know, with these launch angles and all these other different kind of things. And uh, uh, some people say that the pitcher's mount should be tampered with and moved back again. It's just like, really? But, you know, it's just one of those things. Baseball is a funny game. You can't really explain it sometimes. So I, I, I get the fact that people still want to change things, even if it's in their favor. I, I can't give you a, a, a clear-cut answer. I'm trying to come up with one right now. I, I, can you? <laughs> oh, no. That's why That's why I asked you. I was hoping you would come up with that answer. Because, <laughs> like, look, I, look, I think, look, the no-hitter is still a very special thing. It's still rare that – it's still – yes, there have been seven, but it's still mm-hmm. very rare for a no-hitter to take place. So – I, look, I think that all these pitches should be commended and look, the hitters and the, the approaches. I mean, I, I just, 
Look, I think I think it has lost its luster. Like I know some people feel otherwise, but look, I look, I still think it's a great feat. So if you have that in your resume, look, you had mm-hmm. a pretty good pitching. You did a pretty, pretty good pitching job that year, that time. I yeah, mean. yeah. Congrats to Spencer Turnbull. Uh, that was the Detroit yes. starter pitcher's name from Tuesday. He pitched yes. a no hitter for the Detroit Tigers. Their first as a franchise since Justin Verlander did it at Toronto in 2011. So congratulations to him. Also, too, uh, that, it, as a, as a, also too, you know, Kluber's no-hitter. That was, I think that was the first Yankees no-hitter on the road since, like, the 1930s or 1938 yeah. or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, in the, in the first one since uh, David Cohn's perfect game against the yeah. Montreal Expos, now the Washington Nationals back in uh, July of 99. I remember watching that game live Me on too. TV. Uh, and it was a special moment for Cone. Now he's a broadcaster for yep. the Yankees for the Yes Network. So, um, congratulations to those to those uh, two gentlemen for their um, accomplishments this week. Mm-hmm. Anything else uh, stand out to you from the world of baseball from this past week? The West, the National League West. It's going to be a dogfight. You know, the Giants have won five in a row. They scored 19 runs on Thursday. They're not going away. <laughs> no, they're not. So, sorry. So, for all you folks that thought they were going to go away, it doesn't like they're going to. The Padres have won six in a row as this recording. Also, the Dodgers have won four in a row. There's like a mm-hmm. like a two-game, you know, it was just a two games to separate the, th- the three teams. So, it looks like it's going to be a dogfight in the National League West. Yeah, and on the flip side, the Arizona Diamondbacks being swept by the Dodgers. Uh, you thought they would make hay this year. Maybe they will, but right now they're not up to the Dodgers' caliber. They had a couple of chances in that series to take a game or two, and it, it just didn't happen. Uh, I'm I'm look, really looking forward to that uh, weekend series, as I mentioned before, uh, with the Dodgers and Giants. Of course, those are the two rivals going back to their days in New York City on the East Coast. So, uh, the Giants, you know, they won the World Series about three times in the last decade. Of course, the Dodgers are the defending champions now. So there's always been the bitter ha- uh, hatred in respect to those two franchises. So uh, the this first series is in, in San Francisco this weekend. I'll watch just about every minute of it this weekend. Mm-hmm. Also, too, also for me, the National, the, the, the AL East, I should say, you know, there's a two-and-a-half game gap between the Red Sox, Rays, Yankees and Blue Jays. I know the Blue Jays have lost a couple in a row, but I think they're mm-hmm. still going to be like right there. So I, I, I'm a really big believer in that Blue Jays team. Their pitching he still needs a little bit of work, but you yeah. know, their hitting has been their hitting has been phenomenal. So you know they got you know they host um, Tampa Bay and um, <clears throat> they're not in Toronto, obviously, but you know it looks like they this sort of the way to kind of make you know gain some ground and make him get get mm-hmm. a little headway here. So that should be a fun series this weekend in the AL East. Yeah, speaking of Tampa Bay, look at all the talent they traded and lost um, throughout the offseason after uh, losing to the Dodgers in the World Series last year in the bubble. They're still uh, competitive up there, as you mentioned. I saw a couple of their games against the Baltimore Orioles earlier this week. They took care of business against a bad team. This series, and I know not too many people are talking about it, but this should be a, a fun, exciting series as well. Hopefully some good baseball will come out of it. This should be a fun Shout out series. to manager Kevin Cash. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know he's starting to try to redeem himself after what happened in the World Series, but uh, yeah, <laughs> Braves fans are still mad at him about that. But look, you know, look, as well won, as they should be. They've won seven in a row as of this recording, so I, I think you gotta, you know, commend him on a great manager job he's doing there. So yeah, look, the AL West. I mean, look, the Astros, but look, the A's are right there. So it's mm-hmm. definitely gonna be between. It might be between those two. I think Seattle's starting to fall off a little bit. They've lost. They lost three in a row. They got swept, mm-hmm. but. I, I look. I think that 
Look, I think the West, they both, both NL and AL West divisions are going to probably going to come, going to be really deep here. Yeah, and I couldn't agree with you more. There's a couple other series that are taking place this weekend, interleague style. Uh, the Seattle Mariners, as you mentioned, they'll travel to San Diego to take on the Padres. And then you'll have the Beltway series, the Battle of D.C., mm-hmm. both teams under 500, but these play competitive games. It's the Baltimore Orioles and the Washington Nationals. Both teams are coming off embarrassing series losses, and so we'll see who gets the edge uh, in the Beltway series this weekend. All right. So you listen to Second City Sports Zoom style along with Cindy Brown. I'm Lakina McGee. Let's go to the hardwood, Sid. The playing games took place and... <laughs> oh, uh, did they? Oh, <laughs> uh, did they? Did they, really? Um, some there were some good ones. I mean, look, I mean, the Warriors, Lakers, you know, playing was a classic, you know, it was back and forth, whether, you know, people thought that LeBron overreacted by, didn't even hit his head in the court and everybody, you know, got mad, but he, you know, he did. Well, yeah, but you know, he shot a three pointer over Steph. So <laughs> to kind of, to clinch that with about 45 seconds left. So now they're a seven C they play Phoenix. Yay. I'm, I'm sure some fans are probably already like going, going crazy. Um, on Thursday, Washington just hammered Indiana 142-115 to become the eighth seed. And, and look, it's, it's interesting because, you know, Russell Westbrook, I mean, what, what more, what hasn't been said about, about Westbrook? I mean, that it's just absurd what he's, what he's done. And, and also, too, Bradley Beal had 25. You know, you can tell, he, you know, maybe he's playing a little, he's feeling a little bit better than hamstring has been bothering him. Also, Dale Gafford, who the Bulls traded to the to Washington had 15 off the bench so he's been playing a lot better I think he's in a better system I know people are already freaking out that oh my god we should have kept Gafford and he's a better fit in Washington folks Let, let's <laughs> let's leave that alone um the, the, yeah. Spurs, the Spurs Grizzlies Grizzlies game was very interesting you know the Spurs tried to fight but I think John Morant and I think the Grizzlies are ready for the playoff push we'll see what they do against the Warriors um yeah I, I mean what did you think about the play-in Sid uh, let's talk about the one playing game that people cared about, and that's the Warriors and Lakers f- from Wednesday. Uh, the Golden State Warriors came out firing on, on all cylinders in their first half. Steph Curry was kind of put in check, but Andrew Wiggins stepped up. The Lakers tried to keep up, but they took over in the third quarter, and the Warriors fought their way back. Steph Curry caught fire, but then at the end, as you mentioned, Lakina, LeBron James took that hard foul from Draymond Green, uh, getting poked in the eye. It looked like he was holding his right knee. I was like, uh-oh, the Lakers can't afford to um, uh, any more injuries, especially to their star, LeBron James. Uh, the way he uh, LeBron fell, I was like, oh, no, the Lakers in the league is in trouble. Uh, thank goodness he got up and he's still okay. I know he's still uh, bothered by the ankle, but we all know that LeBron has the flair for the dramatic. He likes the attention. He loves the spotlight shining on him. And that's okay. You feed the ego. You feed the brand. We get it. You're a celebrity. You're a basketball star. We get it, okay? But uh, as you mentioned, he shot the, it turned out to be the game-winning shot over Steph Curry with just under a minute to go. That was a lucky shot. I know he said he saw three rims. He decided to shoot the middle one. So uh, good for him. But overall, that game was a playing classic, if you say. I know uh, ESPN was very happy. They got 5.6 million viewers, the most since the 2019 Western Conference Finals between the Golden State Warriors and the Portland Trail Blazers. 
Now, does this mean we talked about this before we started recording? Does this mean that the playing tournament is back next year? Me selfishly, I hope not, because you're going to have an 82 game season next year going back to normal. And you give these extra games away between the end of the season and uh, the start of the playoffs for that following week. I'm sorry, I'm not for it. You give them, I know it's about money at the end of the day before people start yelling at me. I get it. But many coaches and teams are devaluing the regular season as it is. You're giving them more incentive to do it. Why would you have save yourself, quote unquote, for these extra games? And it's not even a guarantee that you're going to make it to the playoffs or not. And you're going to have more chance for injuries, including to your big stars. Look what's happening to the Lakers. I know they were hurt before this playing tournament, but the reason why they're playing tournament because of the injuries. I know it's a shortened season this year with 72 games, but which is, what would have happened if LeBron James would seriously hurt himself the other night if you didn't have the playing tournament? It, you know, it, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Look, I think it's all about money at the end of the day with the NBA. And, and I think, look, we'll see if he decides. Like, he has not – I heard him in an interview on Friday with Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Alan Hahn. He didn't really commit to, you know, perhaps maybe bringing back the play-in, but he had, did not rule it out. So, again, I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure like, the, you know, the, the players associates will probably have something to say about it. The owners will have something to say about it. The coaches will probably have something to say about it. So, the, the, I'm – they might keep it in some form, maybe just do one play in and then maybe just, you know, see, you know, maybe have like the, the eight or nine, you know, play it out, you know, have they come in and let that be, let that team, whoever wins, let them be the eight seed. I don't know, but look, I think, I think it's kind of added a little bit of value and I think it added a little bit of, you know, incentive, you know, to the play in and, and look, I mean, look, we'll see. I mean, look, you ended up having a great game between the Warriors and the Lakers, <laughs> probably a classic, and look, I know some of the other ones were, you know, were were terrible. But yeah. and look, and look, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I think that's that's sort of like the chances you take. I mean, you're probably going to get a team that you know can't come out of nowhere like Memphis, or you're going to have you know a team that totally sticks it up. <laughs> so, which unfortunately yeah. that happens. But look, I think you're like, well, we'll see. I mean, look, I don't look at this point. I think I wouldn't be surprised if they do keep some form of the play-ins, but you never know. I won't be surprised either, even though I won't be for it. But you just brought up a good point about if they should bring the playing some form of the playing tournament for next season, since we'll get back to a normal with a normal 82 game schedule. If the ninth seed will play the eighth seed at the end of the year, Lakina, for one game, I'm for it, which makes sense. And you still give them a couple of days to prepare for the playoffs because the playoffs usually start that following weekend and the regular season ends on that Sunday or Monday. Okay. So do you keep the current format like you have it now? It's not going to work. Now, if you make it one game, uh, whoever's that eighth seed or the ninth seed, you make that one game, I'm all for it. It makes sense. You have the whoever's up first, the Eastern Conference game for that Tuesday and then the Western Conference game for that Wednesday. You're good. You still have those teams will still have a few days to prepare if they had to travel, which most of them will. They could travel to that site to get ready for their first round number one seed opponent. But if you have these games every single night to get to the playoffs, it devalues it. I'm sorry, but yes. if you had like I, I like your idea, one game each conference, whoever's the ninth seed, whoever's the eighth seed, you have one game. That's it. You go home. 
Now, if, if they do that, okay. But that's if they don't, you get rid of it. That's probably what the direction they're going to, they're probably going to go in that direction, I think. I think they're going to do the whole, like, okay, well, eight or nine, you know, let them play it out. You know, the winner gets the one seed and, and boom, there mm -hmm. you go. I mean, I think that's probably one game, that's it. You know, do like they do with the first mm -hmm. four and then NCAA tournament, you know, do it yep. that way. You know, that I think that's probably the, the, probably the best way for them to do it. And I think that's probably, like, that's probably a good compromise, I think. Yeah, hopefully some um, better and bigger heads will prevail between the commissioner, Adam Silva, and everybody else who's involved in those decisions. And I will say this, even though all ideas are not great ideas, the NBA is progressive. We're not talking about just socially and all that off the court, but on the court and trying to improve the game. I will give them credit for this. At least they're forward thinkers, and, and they see the forest from the trees, unlike other sports, hockey, baseball. Mm -hmm. Well, look, look, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Again, we're going to talk about, you know, the NBA and preview the playoffs. They probably do a little bull season review coming up in a couple of mm -hmm. minutes. But real quick, though, I want to, you know, give, do a, talk about a couple of games because we're not going to have time to do it after after we do our roundtable. But the PGA Championship is going on right now in Kawa in Kiwa Island in South Carolina. Phil Mixon, as this recording, is the leader right now. And it'll be interesting to see if we can, if, you know, he can kind of stay, stay there. This will be his, I think his third PGA championship so i like the fact that they're doing it this this year they're doing it in mid-may so that people will probably care about the pga championship because <laughs> by the time august comes around you know there no one really cares about it because everyone's concentrating on football and post you mm -hmm. know you know baseball is going down to the wire too so no one really cares about that so i think having it this year you know in may you know you get you get four majors in four months so if you're a golf fan so this is this is great so yeah well, Hockey, baseball, get yes. the idea, change things up a little bit, have some common sense. Well, real quick, though. I digress. <laughs> well, well, real quick, though, let's talk a little about the hockey playoffs uh, really fast. Um, what has impressed you so far? I'll be honest with you, Lakina, I've only seen two live minutes of hockey playoffs. Shout out to the best series so far, Tampa Bay and Florida. Yes. I know it's tied up 2-2 as of this recording. Shout out Joe, Coach Joe Quinville of Florida. But uh, I want to send uh, a get well soon to John Tavares yeah. uh, for the Toronto Maple release. He got hit in the elbow. Sorry, he got hit in the head, I should say, uh, on Thursday night as the Montreal Canadiens and Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, they opened up their first-round series. Uh, it was ugly. It didn't look that bad on replay, but uh, he had to be carried down on the stretcher. I'm sure it was for precautionary reasons, but hopefully he's okay. He's able to play uh, later on in this series, so be it. If not, regardless, hopefully he gets well soon. It, it, yeah, it was pretty uh, scary. It was Montreal's up one nothing. They 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 won that game. So <clears throat> so you know, hopefully he'll get well soon. John Tavares. I've ever reminded me of the Duck and Keith when he got hit in the face with the puck and got mm -hmm. most of his front teeth knocked out. So it was just oh, it was just I didn't <laughs> want to see the replay. Yeah, w one more quick thing. Be quick thing before we break. Did you check out uh, NBC's new score bug? Scoreboard, a uh, scoreboard bug. Yes, I did. <laughs> I, did I like the previous that. one they had, but I was like, why didn't they kind of debut that maybe a year ago or so? Yeah, I'm just yeah. saying. <laughs> That's true. But say that for the if you're TNT or ESPN, uh, take some form of it next season when you start your coverage. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> say it for the Olympics, I guess. And we'll, and, we'll, and we'll talk about this at the Olympics, though, too, at another time. But mm -hmm. right now, say we got to take a really quick break. We're going to have, we're going to be all NBA. We're going to have an NBA roundtable with some of your <laughs> favorites. You know, a lot of tech guy. 
Josh Hicks, and also you know, Dave Watson, big Dave Watson, who will all be joining us. We'll talk about some, of the, finalists, <laughs> some of the finalists for the NBA uh, postseason awards. Uh, oh, season awards, you know, have came out uh, on Thursday. Some people uh, maybe should not have made the list, so some people did, but we'll talk a little bit about that. Mm -hmm. We'll also pre re preview uh, the NBA playoffs, where we'll start today. And that might be going on right now as we speak. Also, too, maybe maybe have time. We'll talk a little bit of Bulls too. So, stay right there, folks. You're listening to Second City Sports along with Sydney Brown. I'm Lakina McGee. Welcome to our 2020-21 NBA Playoff Preview Show, presented to you by Second City Sports and War Media, along with. Miss Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at SidKid80. Once again, that's SidKid80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. S-I-D-K-I-D-80. And you can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina underscore McGee on the IG. You can follow this podcast, Second City Sports, on right here on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. Videos drop every Monday and every Friday. Once again, every Monday and Friday. Friday videos drop right here on YouTube at WARR Media. You can listen to our podcast version of this program at War on Anchor that drops every Tuesday and every Saturday. Once again, every Tuesday and Saturday for the audio version at War on Anchor. We're available on all podcasts, podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Just type in that search engine box, WARR on Anchor. You can go to our website, weareregalradio.com. And you can follow us on all social media platforms, including right here on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at WARR Media. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Like, comment, share, and subscribe. Yes, sir. There you go. <laughs> all right. Let's introduce our panel to you for our playoff preview show. First up, he is our senior com columnist and our teammate right here at War Media. He writes everything basketball and all the sorts of other sports issues he's the prodigy he is mr joshua m hicks josh welcome back to the program thanks for having me back sid glad to be back on hope everyone's doing well all right next up he is the co-host of the bulls outcast podcast right here on youtube with our good friend mr matt peck and john sabine and he's the host of the ball i hope i got that right there you <laughs> go. Uh, on bulls podcast part of the ball on sports network he is our good friend and great man mr dave watson dave how's it going <laughs> love brother how you feel man everything's good lakina how are you good 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 prodigy josh how are you <laughs> I'm not going to say the next <laughs> name because I'm going to let that introduction speak for itself. But yeah, <laughs> beautiful, man. What's up? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Did I get it right this time, Dave? Oh, oh you hit it with your chest, bro. Hey, it was all from your soul. It was right in your chest. Like, I could hear the yams and the macaroni and cheese in it. It was on point, brother. Like, you did it. You can hear all that in there, man. There it like, is. Yeah. There it, it is. Much love. Good job. There it is. There it is. <laughs> And last but definitely not least, she is a, a Miami Heat fan from Chicago. The only Miami Heat fan from Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> no shade, no shade, no shade. She's the number one and only Miami Heat fan from Chicago. She is the first lady of Five Reasons Sports Network. You catch our work there. She's the one and only, the lovely Alana Techhauer. Alana, welcome back to the show. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Uh, playoffs are about to begin, so I'm hyped. We yeah, we are that. hyped this way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> One day you guys will know how that feels again. <laughs> 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 okay. 
before we uh pre- yeah before we preview the playoffs uh let's talk about the chicago bulls quickly i do mean quickly <laughs> they finished their 2021 season at 31 and 41 but there's hope on the horizon. Of course, Nikolai Vujicic was traded for at the trade deadline. Uh, Zach Levine missed a bunch of games toward the end of the season. That's one of the many reasons why they didn't qualify for the play-in tournament. But this Bulls management team of uh, Arturis Konishevis and GM Mark Eversley, they have work to do this summer. Will they get that quote-unquote number four pick from the Orlando Magic as part of their Vujicic trade? We'll see about that. Will they get that point guard via the draft or via Lonzo Ball or somebody else that we're not talking about? And we'll discuss those issues and a whole lot more. Lakina, uh, let's kick it off. Um, right. What did you think about uh, Billy Donovan's uh, coaching um, job this year? Like, like we've been talking about it for last, you know, last week, Did I, I give him a, a solid B. I mean, look, considering how he came on, you know, AK basically said, you know, look, I, you're going to be our next coach. You're, you're gonna, we're not going to, I'm not going to let mm-hmm. you go until, until you agree to be our next coach. So, but you saw, he saw the roster, like he got rid of some guys, he got rid of Wendell, he got rid of Gafford. I know that was Dave's guy, but <laughs> he's in a better place. Now, but <laughs> he's in a better place spot, spot though in Washington, but yeah, yeah but, um, Look, I just hope that, look, I don't need to, like we said, you know, I don't need to hear, you know, constantly be, you know, you know, you know, told like, okay, what they're doing, what they're doing. Look, just do it. If we get the top four pick for, from Orlando, great. If we don't, that's fine. There are other ways they can build up. I, I, look, I think that the untouchables are Zach, Vooch, um, I'll, I'll say White, I'll say Kobe White too, and hopefully we can get a couple other guys, hope we can get Tice, hope we can get Brown Jr. I mean, I, I really hope that, look, I think this guy is living for his Bulls team right now. I know people are a little, you know, kind of a little, well, felt a little bad because they didn't, you know, go through expectations, but I look, I think this, this guy's, I think the future is bright for the Bulls. I really do. Josh? We have somewhat of hope, right? That's, yes. that's pretty much the biggest thing about this past season was the fact that in previous regimes, you knew there was absolutely no type of hope coming your way as far as what the Bulls are going to look like. Now the fact that we saw the aggressiveness from Arturis Karnisovic and Mark Eversley making that big trade for Nikola Vucevic, the fact that they pretty much knew from the, from the first half of the season, okay, change has to, we have to make some type of change for this thing to work. And they actually was aggressive enough to make those type of changes. It, and, the, and, and not just from that perspective, from an action perspective, from, from yeah. a coaching perspective, from a culture perspective. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you can tell that the Bulls are slowly but surely moving in the right direction. So this yeah. is a sign of hope. Pro- but that, but that's, the pro- that's the big problem, right? The offseason, there's so many holes that have to be filled throughout this offseason. Where are you going to get those holes to be filled from with limited cap space, right? Yeah. That's the biggest thing. I talked with Rob Schaefer re- uh, recently on my In The Scope podcast, which comes out uh, later uh, today, let's recording this, so please check that out. It is actually available on, on YouTube. <laughs> but we talked about, you know, pretty much how you, like Lakina mentioned, you have untouchables that are already currently on the team. You got Kobe White, you got Zach Levine, you have um, Bujovic, you have Troy Brown, you have Patrick Williams, all, all because for the most part, they're all guaranteed contracts. Yeah. Everybody else is question marks. You have partial guaranteed contracts between Thaddeus Young and Thomas Sanaraski. Outside of that, everybody either restricted or restricted free agents that you can let go to see this offseason. Not to mention, you don't know what you're going to do with Larry Markkinen because he's a restricted free agent. And you have some people that, you know, if you want to pick the cash base that you got to make, <laughs> I love you, Lakino. Um, the fact that you got to make, you know, the fact that you got to make certain cash, if you want to have a certain amount of cash base, you got to let go of probably Thomas Sinaransky 
and Thaddeus Young, who played a huge role this, this season and not just well-received by, you know, the front office and the coaching staff, but by the players as well. Thaddeus Young was spoken of as the big brother of the locker room, according yeah. to Zach Levine, right? So you have all these different components you have to worry about bringing back, especially since you didn't trade Larry Markman when you could have. Or you could have traded Thaddeus Young if you really wanted to and got a huge haul back to prepare for an offseason where if you want to go after a big superstar or you want to go fulfill these voids like, a, like, like Lonzo Ball in a point guard position or bring in another superstar, you would have had those assets. You don't have those things now. Plus, you have limited cap space. So I'm interested to see what the offseason is going to bring because it's still, as of right now, there's a lot more questions than answers. Yeah. Alana? Dave? Oh, oh sorry. Oh. oh, ladies first, please. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll keep it short and sweet because I'll be honest, I've not been following the Bulls as closely as I could have. Um, but I will say this offseason, I think, is going to be super interesting um, for this team. And I think it might be the most interesting in quite some time. Um, I'm, I was pretty surprised that y'all held on to Lori as long as you did. Um, I was definitely expecting him to be moved. So I'm curious to see what happens there. Um, I think that Zach Levine is locked in. I think he really loves this team. I think he is all in on building up with this organization, which I think is great um, and was kind of a question mark, at least to me, when he first got there. Um, so I definitely there is hope on the horizon, and I think that fans should be excited. Um, Kobe White has been super exciting. I mean, the little that I've watched, I've been very excited to see him play. Um, so I do think that there's there's definitely – you know, hope in the future. And I think that um, getting rid of the former front office was definitely the right move. Um, and you guys can kind of only go up from here. And also, you know, I, I hate to say this, it was a weird season for everybody. I think every team performed completely unexpected. I mean, not to bring in the heat right now, but like the fact that we almost yeah, right. had to be in the play-in after making the finals, like that's crazy. So considering the season, um, you know, the Bulls could have been in a way worse spot. Dave. <laughs> that heat plug in real smooth. That was almost as smooth as Josh shining in that plug for his show. That was real smooth. You know what I mean? Y'all too smooth yes. out here. I like it. I'm digging it. I'm digging it. Um I think I think for this season, what's great is you have something what's called logical hope. And I'm a I'm a man of faith, okay. And there are a lot of people who aren't. So I can believe in things that you know, aren't seen and just believe they're going to get there and, you know, they're going to work out and stuff like that. Other people need facts and figures and numbers to have that kind of thing. That's the beauty of this because it kind of combines all of that. They have shown you in the past exactly how good AK is. You've seen, you've seen his Denver team. You know how good he is. And then he comes in here and he does every single thing that he said he was going to do. Every single thing he's okay. done it so far. And then when he tells you, we're not settling for mediocrity anymore. We're trying to be in the playoffs. He tells you what he wants to do. So going forward, that's allowed to give you that hope because you've seen what he's done. He's given you the proof. So now you can have faith in him. So you now have logical hope for this team. And it's beautiful to see. Um, I think everything you guys said is definitely on point. Uh, I thought Larry was going to be gone too. I thought they were going to have a point guard here. Uh, but it didn't happen. Uh, New Orleans wanted way too much for Lonzo Ball. Bulls like, we'll take our chances in the offseason. We'll see. Uh, Thad Young, I, I don't know why people were like, he's untradeable. Like, okay, because he got a cool <laughs> nickname and stuff. Dude, all right, that's nice. <laughs> but he can go too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But obviously he was Zach's best friend and Zach loved him and they were trying to make the playoffs. All right, that makes sense to me. So it on paper, it, it's like, how? what are they going to do? How are they going to do it? 
But the one thing I've seen AK do is he's always the, the right hand never knows what the left hand is doing with him. You know what I mean? So you might think, even getting Billy Donovan, every his name wasn't mentioned. You know what I'm saying? As far as the Bulls, nobody said that it was going to come here, but he's here. Um, even when his front office, it was a bunch of people mentioned that nobody was even thinking about. And then he went and got those guys. Even with the trade with Vucevic, he wasn't even mentioned. He wasn't being talked about. And then all of a sudden, they're like, what are the girls going to do? How are they going to make a trade? And then we go get two trash bags off our team and Wendell and uh, uh, Lionel Richie, and we get them dudes off our squad. <laughs> and, then we, <laughs> and then we come in here and we get boots, and we're okay now. You know what I mean? So they're always doing something that nobody is seeing. They're very behind the scenes. They're very low-key with what they're doing. And I love that about them. So that's why I don't have a real worry or a real concern. Because if they don't want to do it the way that everybody is thinking they should do it, I'm okay with that. Because they're telling you, no, we have a plan. We know what we want to do. And we're going to do that. And you all are going to love it. So I'm just going to have that kind of faith. And I'm going to have that kind of hope in them, man. And yeah, I, I'm excited. I'm, I'm happy. Everything's going to be all right for me. Sid? I'm excited too. I'm joining Big Big Dave in, in that uh, in that ship as well as S H I P. As we we had you on last time, Dave. We talked about the uh, the future of this franchise. I, I'm really hopeful about it. You can't criticize AK or Eversley too much. They've done a ton, a couple of trades so far, so we we don't know how it's going to pan out. It panned out for Vucevic so far, but we'll see how he does next year. He gets a full season in because they didn't have any practice time. When, when he was traded over here. So yeah. uh, I, I, I have faith that he'll acclimate himself into the system more next year. Now, where are they going to get that point guard if it's not Lonzo Ball? I don't know. Will they have to go, go to the draft if they have that number four pick? or they, uh, I don't know. Uh, that's the $1,000 question. Uh, where are they going to get the point guard for this team? Uh, I, I, I don't know, but uh, I have faith in this front office. They'll finally find a way to get it done somehow. As far as Laurie marketing, not to get personal, but I'm done with him. Lakina, we talked about it all year long. I'm done with marketing. Nothing yeah. personal, but he's been inconsistent. He, he needs to go wherever you can get for him, I'm all for it. As long as he's off the off this roster, I, I, I'm all for it. And yeah. I know you're probably going to bring this up next, Lakina, but Daniel Tice, as we talked about on this show before, he's the best inside presence that this Bulls team has had in the last maybe decade. Maybe since uh, Taj Gibson, Ooh. that's really going back some years. So I'm with I'm with you, Lincoln. We talked about it before in the show. I hope he stays. Uh, what do you guys think that? Do you think that Daniel Tice comes back, or do you think he's going to be overpriced to another team? Mm. Any, yeah, anyone can jump uh, in. Anyone uh, can jump in. Yeah, I I would like to see him come back. Uh, he's going to cost you, of course, but I think he fit in very well. I didn't see him as a starter. Uh, I thought that was more of an indictment on Lowry than anything that, that Tice was starting. Because you're like, okay, well, we got to bring in a dude who I've never really seen start at the four when he was in Boston. He was always playing the five. And then they bring him <laughs> in at the four, and he's okay. He shoots too many threes for my liking, but that's my only complaint about him. But then he's not even the next man up. That was the next man up. Yep. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah. Lowry wasn't even the next dude up. Like, and it hurts to say this, because y'all know I love Larry Markin. He was my guy. I was all in <laughs> on him. But, but no, after this season, I was done. But yeah, I like I like Dice. I hope they keep him. Uh, I hope they find a way to do it. Uh, but he's going to cost you. I do know that. He's going to cost you. And mm -hmm. We know they don't have a lot of money. They don't have a lot of wiggle room. 
but we'll see if they can stretch out some guys. They're getting a bunch of trash off this team this year. I mean, Felicio and Denzel Valentine and <laughs> all this trash. Yes, testify on them, Josh. Testify on them, man. Oh, yes, Lord. It feels so good. Uh, uh, so y'all don't understand. Look, Ken, you heard me on Hot Mike when that was oh, yeah. over. You heard me. I was, oh, yeah. I was overjoyed. You know, I was Stevie Wonder overjoyed. It was insane, man. <laughs> I was so happy because I ain't got these, I ain't got to look at this trash no more. Alana looked at it. She was there. She saw the trash that we had. To look I, at I saw it. Even on, uh, on Outsiders, we went back and forth about Denzel. And yeah, you guys, you needed to get rid of that because I, I don't understand how he was around as long as he was, but better late than never. Yeah, yeah, better late than never. But we sh we shipping it out. It's gone. Like I don't have to worry about it anymore. Um, yeah, it's gone. It's deceased. So that money's coming off the books. Um, and I just trust in the guys who know they want to win and have a plan about getting there and are doing it in a way where I haven't been like, no, that I don't like that move. The only move I haven't liked was getting rid of Daniel Gafford. That's the only one. Yeah. That's the only one. But Troy Brown Jr. is no scrub. You know, I'm right. not mad at that. I'm not mad at having Troy Brown Jr. He looks solid to me. So I get it. But but you got Chandler Hutchinson out of here, too, who was a scrub. So I'm cool with that. You know what I mean? It's, it's all right. So if that's your only percentage, well, I'm just like, that's the only one I don't like out of all the moves you made, I'm going to trust them. So, yeah, if they feel they can move and, and keep Tice here and probably talk him into a discount or do something like that, I'm completely with it. But, yeah, whatever they want to do, I am with it. Whatever they want to do, I'm with it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I yeah, go ahead. Josh. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for I'm all for Daniel uh, Theus to be here. I mean, at the end of the day, he brought a lot of what the Bulls lacked, right? They lacked rebounding, they lacked toughness, they lacked having that dog in the paint that you know we can get physical with and set the tone of what it's going to be like down there in the post. They they lacked all of that. They had and and I'm with I'm with B Dave on this one, man. They had that in Gafford. They had to let that go. Mm -hmm. So that 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 one hurts a little bit. But overall, to get that back in Daniel Theus, that's, that's clutch. That's what the Bulls need. And, and AK talked about that. He said, we got to get tougher mentally and physically. That's part of the reason why they made that trade. So if Daniel Theus is willing to come back on that discount, or if, or if the Bulls really do have to pay just a tad bit over the price yeah. to get him, that's good quality that you're not going to get everywhere else, and especially in this free agent market. You got, you got to take the risk if you're trying – you got to take that type of risk if I was in their shoes to get to that upper level, unless you're getting a superstar. Yes. Otherwise, you're not going to get that. So I would hope that they will make that leap. And it seems like, like they've mentioned earlier, you know, the low-key moves that they made, the low-key schemes that they're doing behind the scenes to make sure that their actual plan comes into fruition. Maybe this is all part of the fruition, and they're already working these things out. We just don't know about it because they're very, they're very clear of making silent moves. They move, they're G's that move in silence like lasagna, like for real. Come on, Josh. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> so because of that, hey. As long as the lasagna comes out looking good, I'm good, right? Come on, exactly. <laughs> it's all—it's all about the. It's look. It's all about the the final the final presentations. Now, and sometimes it, you can get trash degrees and make a good dish. So, look, yep. it it happens. So let's talk. About, <laughs> let's talk. You know, playoffs for a, for a little bit here, you guys. Um, the the. What 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 matchup uh, either either side either east or west that are you guys looking forward to seeing? Um, a lot. I'll start with you. So no, I'm totally just going to be going to Milwaukee for the Miami Milwaukee game one. Uh, what what I know that's what you're looking forward to. So elaborate, please. <laughs> Do you have an extra yeah. ticket? Yeah, I was say, you have a couple extra tickets for us. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I wish I could take everyone because honestly, I would just turn everyone into Heat fans, so I'm not alone there. I'm going with a Bucks fan, so it's going to be a little bit 
Oh. Hard for me to sit through that game, but as long as we win, I'm going to be happy. Um, <laughs> listen, I am glad we're in the playoffs, period. Um, I was trying to avoid that play-in like crazy just because our inconsistency, I just didn't know what to expect, and I wasn't confident that we would have made it out of the play-in. So the fact that we were just, like, guaranteed a spot makes me happy. The fact that we get to face the Bucks makes me even happier, though, because that matchup, honestly, is just, like, lit. Every year, there's just something about playing the Bucks. Jimmy is so hungry. Um, I don't think he got to face him at all, uh, if I remember correctly, in this like regular season at all. So he's ready to get out there. He's super hungry. He's trying to prove himself. Obviously, the whole team is. But I think for Jimmy, you know, we came out of the bubble. We were called flukes. We barely, you know, got into the playoffs. Um, and now that we're back, I think he's just ready to dominate. Um, we had a discussion kind of among the network talking about if game one is even important, if it's more kind of just getting our feet wet, if we have to come out. I think that game one is honestly probably the most important game because we have to set the tone. Um, for better or worse, we get in our heads a lot. You saw it kind of around the trade deadline. Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero were not performing well because they were kind of, they didn't know if they were staying or going, what was going to happen. Um, and then after that, they picked it up um, on both ends of the floor. So I think a lot of what our, we've been struggling with is just kind of a mental issue. So if we come out strong against the Bucks in game one, I think we have a good chance. Um, I'm going to say Heat in seven, although most Heat fans are saying Heat in five, but like I'm just what? treading a little careful what? here. Um, but I do think if we come out and we, if we can stay healthy, which has been a huge problem for us, um, I think that we, we can make it. So, I mean, obviously that's going to be my pick for the most exciting Eastern matchup. Well, and Bam will probably not be in a very good mood because he didn't make the finals for Defensive Player of the Year. So he's probably yep. not going to be in a very good mood. Oh, he's going to go off on Saturday after that. I don't know if you guys saw his tweet, but he just tweeted, ha ha, after the news came out. I'm like, oh, this boy's ready to go on Saturday. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> Josh? Yeah, we talk about the Eastern Conference matchup. I got to go with Boston and Brooklyn. Um, that's the one I'm going to be looking at the most. Because it's so many, I mean, there's so many headlines, right? You got the big three in Brooklyn. You got Kyrie returning to Boston. You have a rising Jason Tatum who went off in the playoff game, dropping yes. a 50 piece yes. to send a message like, no, nah, I'm gonna I'm, I'm, we're gonna be this team that's gonna get us back. The, the thing I'm gonna the thing I'm really gonna pay attention to the most, especially for Boston, is who's gonna be that next man up. Because Jalen Brown is gone. And Jalen Brown was that guy next to Jason Tatum that was really taking this team to the upper echelons from a score, especially from a, from a two-way player perspective, offensively and defensively. Kemba Walker has to now be that number two guy. He got to step up to really take on that more leadership and offensive load. He's been inconsistent because he's been battling the injuries, things of that sort. But he seemed like he was coming back to his own, especially in that playing game against the Wizards. So I'm, I, I want to see how the Boston Celtics are going to respond to a Brooklyn Nets team that is loaded with offensive talent and not just loaded with offensive talent, but even got role players that are very talented to take them to that next level. So that's something I'm really going to be paying attention to. I think Brooklyn's going to win in six, um, but that's really going to be the series, especially in the Easter Conference, and I'm really going to be paying attention to the most. Dave? Uh, you know what? Real quick, let me go back. Uh, because now I'm sitting here thinking about it, I don't think it's that crazy for Heat fans to think they were going to win in five because they did it, you know? Like mm -hmm. I, you saw what they did to them in Eastern Conference Finals when they lost Giannis. So I understand where that's coming from. I get, I get I'm still cautious. I'm going to say seven because this is a different Bucks yeah. team. And we have struggled. And if, God forbid, you know, our health is in question again, then things get a little dicey. Um, but I still think we can pull it off. So 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think y'all winning, but yeah, but I hear you. But I, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. I hear, I hear you. All right, I, I'll root for y'all one game. I'll give you one game. I'll give you one. I'll give you one. If you game. give me game one, especially because I'll be there, if we get like okay. a good win while I'm there, I'll take it from you. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. You got it. Game one. You got it. Um, and and I like what Josh had to say too, because that that's very true. Because I think that's being underrated, uh, and not talked about enough of uh, what Boston will look like against just this kind of elite team, and could they actually, you know, get those kind of victories against this team going forward? Because nobody has them winning the series, but it's about how they look. You know, that's going to be very important. Uh, but for me, I think it's Philly and Washington, and it's only for two reasons. One is Daniel Gafford, because you know I love Daniel Gafford, so I want to see <laughs> Daniel Gafford play. I want to see how he matches up. Period. But the other one is because it has the most interesting matchup and that's Joel Embiid versus Russell Westbrook they do not like each other right period they don't like each other since he was at OKC they've had problems with each mm-hmm. other when remember when Embiid was waving by at them and then and, and then Embiid Russell remembered that enemies all over the back. league though yeah, yeah. but yeah. Russell <laughs> but Russell is petty he don't forget yeah. that stuff no yeah, he, they, he has those enemies but Russell really means it you know what I'm saying he don't like you and they both said they're both on record saying they don't like each other. They don't talk to each other. They don't, they don't dig each other at all. They're, they're not cool with each other. So I'm very interested to see them go up and go at it for hopefully seven games. Uh, I think obviously Philly should win this series, but I just want to see how insane Russell Westbrook is and just how crazy <laughs> he and just how petty Joel Embiid is this whole series. So I'm, I'm very intrigued by that, you know, just for the drama of it. I'm, I'm very intrigued by that matchup. I'm going to go over to the Western Conference, uh, the number two and number seven matchup. The Phoenix Suns, they have the home court advantage against the number seven seeded Los Angeles Lakers. Of course, the Lakers survived uh, the playing game against the Warriors in a classic finish the other night. Uh, the Lakers' entries are a concern to me, in particular LeBron James, even though he did do a little acting toward the end of that game when Draymond Green knocked him down at, in the lane. But the, uh, even though the Lakers don't have home court this year, the road to the Western Conference Finals sets up perfectly for them. They'll have to, if they should get by Phoenix, which I think they will. I think it will go six games. They should get rid of them in five, but I think it will go six. Should, should the Lakers advance, they'll get the winner of the Portland-Denver series, I believe, and then mm-hmm. they should face potentially the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals. So th- this couldn't have worked out better for the Los Angeles Lakers. Yes, I said it. The Clippers avoided the try to avoid the Lakers in the first round. They succeeded. I don't care what anybody says. The Clippers were afraid of the Lakers um, playing them in the first round. So good job by Teron Lue and the rest of the Clippers staff. So you might have given the Lakers a bigger break than the people thought. So I'm looking forward to that Phoenix uh, Lakers matchup in the first round of the West. Yeah, I that I gotta piggyback off you, Sid. I mean, that's that's a matchup I'm looking forward to. Uh, also, to Washington and Philly because. I look, I'm not going to say that, you know, Washington will upset Philly, but I think if, if Westbrook and Beal can kind of be that one-two combo, I think they could probably maybe, you know, give Philly a run, you know, knock them against the wall, you know, push it to seven. We'll see. I mean, Phoenix, I'm sure, look, they were not very happy that, that the Lakers won that, that play-in against the Warriors. They were not happy. They were, CP3 was like, why? Like, we can't get a break. So, you know, look, I'm, I'm look, I'm, look, I'll, I'll give them five. I'll give them six. I mean, I think Blazers will win in six, but yeah, I think that's going to be a little bit of a, some of a upset, you know, seating wise, but it won't really be a big upset. 
I think the Suns actually have a way better chance than people are thinking. I know oh. everyone's like, all right, the Suns are like, you know, this isn't what they wanted. I don't know. I actually don't have faith that the Lakers are going to move on. I think the Suns might do it. <laughs> and I say this and I'm not, I listen, I know. And I'm, I've gotten criticized all over heat Twitter. Every heat fan is supposed to hate the Lakers because LeBron, that's not me. I'm always <laughs> going to support LeBron <laughs> first, but I'm not going to sit there and say that I don't still enjoy the man with that said, I don't have a lot of faith in this Lakers team. I think they're a little bit getting ahead of themselves. Um, I think that they really need to sit down and think about kind of why their season went the way it did. LeBron is not at full strength at all. I don't care what he says. You know, he mm -hmm. played and um, he did what he had to do and he made some clutch shots. But I just, I don't know. I think that the Suns are going to surprise a lot of people. Never yeah. underestimate the impact of Chris Paul. You notice everywhere he goes, Teams go deep and go deeper into the playoffs, and they improve drastically. This is for him to do what he did in Oklahoma City last season yeah. with that roster, and take the Houston Rockets to seven games in the first round with a James Harden and a Russell Westbrook. Although Westbrook wasn't fully healthy, that's still a crazy dynamic duo you got to work with with that roster as a whole, and you still push the brink to seven games. This is a whole new whip he's dealing with. He's dealing with a coach of the year, Monty Williams. He's dealing with the rising young stud in DeAndre Aiden. He got a nasty score in Devin Booker. I mean, you got the solid role players in Jay Crowder and the emergence of the, of the young guys in Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson. Like, these are some – he got some ballers. He got some real yeah. – he got some horses with them. And because of that, the fact that now putting all of that together has made this product, I don't think the Lakers are ready for that. I do think that it's going to be a bit of a shocker and it may go to seven games. And me personally, I'm betting on the Suns to win. However, though, you can't underestimate LeBron and what he can do in the playoffs because he literally can do any and everything with literally anybody on this roster and take him to the finals. He's done that historically. But like Elena mentioned, though, he is older. Father time is slowly but surely creeping in. He's not fully healthy. And at this point, they will only go as far as Anthony Davis will take him. And he's been hurt for the most part all year long. So with that type of injury, him not being fully healthy, still trying to get his, get his, his legs under his feet and everything. I'm not saying upset alert is going to be there because of LeBron and what's going on in LA. But I am saying that, like Elena mentioned, Phoenix is a lot better than people think. And the Chris Paul effect, especially playoff Chris Paul, is mad real. So that's something we should not overlook when you talk about that specific series in general. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right on that. It's it's funny because it's, it's the series that I really don't know who to root for. To be honest with you, yeah. like I, because I want to see the Suns win for CP3's legacy, but I love watching greatness. Like I just love it. I love watching greatness happen and just be great. And LeBron is greatness. It's just what it is. So I don't know who to root for, but I know I'm just gonna enjoy watching that because all those points are super valid. But it's hard to do against LeBron James. It's just hard to say LeBron is going out in the first round. And the one thing you can't give a guy like LeBron or any player that's on his kind of level is a challenge. And nobody's ever won a championship at a seven seed. He's going to be on the road the entire time. He's coming in from a play-in game. Everybody is kind of against him and questioning, will he be able to do it? They're going to have a hard road to get to the NBA finals. You can't get guys like that challenges. You know what I'm saying? Because then they, 
now they have something they really want to play for. Now they want to shut everybody up. Now they want to show you how great they are. We watch Mike do it. You watch Tom Brady do it. You watch Tiger Woods do it. You watch yeah. greatness, all, Serena do it. Like you watch all great players do it. That's how they do. So him having this challenge, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to watch. But honestly, my, my matchup for me is, is the Clippers and, and the Mavericks. Because yeah. I remember that series in the bubble last year, man. Yeah. That yeah. thing was awesome to watch. And the Clippers let America down, period. <laughs> 35, <laughs> listen, in my opinion, and I don't have, the, I don't have the, the back numbers on this, but this is just my numbers. 35% of the reason that bubble was created was so the Lakers could play the Clippers. That's just, like, I really believe that. They set no, that up so those guys created for the Heat to play. thrive. Come on now. That was now, all of us. You've had your time. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, yeah, Yes, good job. All right. <laughs> Jimmy had a 40-point triple-double. Amazing. Great. But I, I really think it was created for that reason, to see, to see those two teams go at it. And we got robbed. We got robbed of that because the Clippers came out lackadaisical and act like they was just whatever. And then Luca said, no, I'm great. <laughs> like, I, I can do this. Yes. Like, I'm going to do this to you. So I think they're coming in with a different mindset. You know, I like the fact they got Serge Ibaka. I like the fact they got Rondo. Could play off Rondo is a, is a different monster. He really yes. is. So I'm really interested. And he's playing for something, too. Like, I won with the Lakers. Let me see if I can do it with the Clippers. Like, he, he wants to, you know, do it both ways also. So that's the matchup I want to see, of course, in the Western Conference Finals because they owe us. But also, Luca has shown you that he's great. And to, when you, once you put that burden and that onus on, on yourself, it, you have to do it again. You've got to keep doing it. So he's got to come out, and I want to see another incredible game. I want to see a 50-point triple-double. Yes. You know, I want to see incredible stuff happen because you already shown me you can be that. So I want to see it. I'm excited to see it, man. It, it, it's going to be great, man. Unless, unless the Heat, you know, try to repeat or something like that. But, you know, it's going to be great, man. We gonna, <laughs> we're we're trying to do out here. With, with, you know, good effort. Well, yeah, yeah. Game one. I'm with you. Game one. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> we're at the halfway point of, point of our 2021 NBA playoffs preview show right here on Second City Sports presented to you by War Media along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. We're joined by illustrious panel, Big Dave Watson, Alana Techauer, and Joshua M. Hicks. Guys, let's go back out to the Western Conference. The Utah Jazz, as of this recording, they'll either play the Memphis Grizzlies or the Golden State Warriors. If you're a smart person like yours truly, you'll assume that the Golden State Warriors have won <laughs> by the time this podcast is out. Um, I'll start out with you, uh, Alana. Do you give the Utah Jazz any chance of uh, making it to at least the Western Conference Finals? Okay, well, here's the thing. I hate the Warriors, so I'm going to <laughs> manifest Memphis going through. I'm so sorry. Listen, why, do you, why do you hate the Warriors? What I do? can't stand them. Uh, the last time that I rooted for the Warriors was back when Monte Ellis was on the squad, and then after Ooh, that, I was just like, I deuces, I can't do this. Um, so listen, Steph is incredible. I'm not taking anything away from him. He is so much fun to watch, but as a whole, like I can't stand Draymond Green. I just I can't back the Warriors. So if Memphis goes through like I'm trying to manifest out here, then the Nuggets have a better, or excuse me, the Jazz have a better chance. Um, but I don't I Again, this season is so weird that I can't even sit here and like confidently say anything because the fact that the Warriors were even in the play in like I don't, that's crazy to me. Yes. Um, so that's kind of, that's a question mark. Josh? Josh? Yeah, I mean, I want to so badly, 
but that but Utah has has shown previously who they are, right? They're a hell of a regular season team. They mm-hmm. always went always in the 50 win column at least, top 3 or 4 seed in, in the West, and then they come to the playoffs and they either barely win the first round and get through the second or they lose in the first round. And not to mention right now, they're not fully healthy either. I got to see how Donovan Mitchell's going to be because, you know, he is, the, he's the, he's their leader. He is that X factor. And they got a squad over there. But Donnie, Donovan Mitchell is supposed to take him to that next level. And if you look at the playoff um, format, after Utah, if they play the Warriors, I think that's going to be a great, a good matchup. That's going to probably go at least five, six games. When you talk about the next opponent they're going to have to play, you're looking at the winner of the Clippers and Dallas series. And if you yep. think it's the Clippers, Utah's in for, is going to be in a lot of trouble because of the physicality mm-hmm. that they bring, yep. especially on the defensive end against those guys. And, and you have a Kawhi Leonard and Paul George around your perimeter with a Ray John Rondo, who is, he may not be the defender as he once was before, but can still bring that defensive intensity. And you got a Patrick Beverly, who's a dog on, on the defensive end as well. I mean, Utah. They're they're in for some trouble. They're in for some shocking. I, I don't I don't see them going to the Western Conference Finals if they have to play the Clippers in the second round. If they play in Dallas, they have a better chance. Outside of that, though, I don't know. It's up in the air. We really just got to see how that first matchup round matchup plays with the Clippers and the and the uh, and the Mavericks. But you talking about the Clippers and Utah Jazz series? If this is the Clippers team that we think they can truly be and live up to that expectation, especially under Ty Lue compared to what they did last year with Doc Rivers. And the lineup they had then versus what they have now, I don't know. That I, I can't guarantee that the Utah Jazz gonna get to that Western Conference final. Dave. Uh, well, first of all, let me say I'm rooting for Memphis because you know I love John Morant, so I'm rooting for Memphis. I don't think they'll get there, but I wouldn't be surprised honestly if they won. That that team is gritty. They belong in the East, to be honest with you. Like that is a gritty team, man, and they play defense and. Valachunas has been awesome, and you know they got Triple J back, so they're not they're not to be slept on because they're hungry. They they already were there last year in that play-in game, and they don't want to you know go out again. So mm-hmm. yeah, they're going to be hungry, and I think you, they got to watch them. You know what I mean? Just watch yeah. them, man. It, it should be interesting, but I mean it's Steph Curry. That's tough. You know, <laughs> Steph <Yeah>. Curry is, <laughs> is not fair. He's not fair, but it's going to be interesting. But yeah, the Jazz. I mean that that. They've been. It's, it feels like they've been the same kind of team since like the '80s and the '90s. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like great regular season. You know, win all these games, get to the playoffs, kind of disappear. And you know that it feels like that's kind of how they've been. You know, of course they peaked. You know when they went to the finals against Mike, but you know you ran into the goat, so you lost. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just feels like that's what they are. And Donovan Mitchell is phenomenal. Like he is incredible. Um, I love the addition of Mike Conley on that team. He's been great. I love their coach because their coach looks like, you know, he used to be a meth dealer back in the day. Like, he just always looks strung out. <laughs> like, he's a wild-looking dude. Well, <laughs> I like Quinn, man. I, I thought that when he was in college. I thought the same thing in college. You know, like, is he all right? Like, like he has an age, though. You got to give him that. Yeah, I'm not, not saying age. it. I'm not yeah, trying to dis- still, I said I didn't say he was taking good. it. I said dealing it. You know, like, <laughs> That's a fair point. Like, like President Clinton, right, he didn't inhale. Yes, exactly. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, man. Now, Quinn is the man, and he's shown you that he can coach. Because look at that team, because they're still a gritty, tough team who can score. You know what I mean? And you got a great guy defensively and Gobert there. 
You've got Jordan Clarkson. Hey now, don't bring him up. Touching <laughs> subject over here. Uh-uh. That's, okay, I'm going to come back to that because I want to know. I wanna, I'm going to come back to that. I'm going to come back to that because I want to know what's going on here. But he's a good, he's a very great defensive player. And you've got uh, Ingles who, and uh, Clarkson who are both up for six-man of the year, which is crazy to me. You know, it's kind of like Judas and a Black Messiah, you know, both being up for support. And actors, like, <laughs> how you do that? But I like Jordan Clarkson. I think he should be Jordan Clarkson, six man of the year. So they're not to be slept on. That's a good team over there. But I think Josh is right. Like, if they get to that second round and they got to play the Clippers, oh, like, I don't know what you do with that. Like, that's, that's going to be hard and that's going to be tough. But, yeah, don't underestimate them because they're obviously the number one seed in the toughest mm-hmm. conference. So that's not, that's not nothing, you know. So it's going to be interesting to see. I think they should get out of that first round fairly easily, to be honest with you. But that second round is, yeah, that's when it's really going to start. And they're really going to have to, you know, show some fire and, and some moxie there. But, yeah, no, tell me about Gobert now. What, what's the hate? Like, what's the hate about Gobert? <laughs> Listen, I mean, I'm so sick of Bam being overlooked. And I'm not saying that he had a perfect season. But the fact that he's not even in the running for Defensive Player of the Year. And I feel like Rudy has just always been on that pedestal, like, since almost entering the league of, like, his name is just – it's just like a second it's not even a second thought it's like of course he's gonna be in the discussion for it um or at least you know if he's not in the discussion for the actual award he's gonna be looked at as like top five and bam's over here doing everything he can um so i don't know i i'm salty against him i also hate playing him as a heat fan like he just gives us the work every time so i'm not a rudy fan even though i can appreciate his his talent so just his name you're triggering me over here Man. <laughs> just for him being alive makes you angry that's tough. That's well, tough. well look as far as utah is concerned look i look i think that i'm improvement mode with utah i'm always show me i'm from missouri show me you know hey. i mean look you know they're not going to be at full strength so i don't know if mitchell will be able to play or not but look if, if clarkson could step up you know angles could step up if you know, Mike Conley can step up. I mean, look at Rudy Gobert. You know, sorry, a lot of they can step up. If they, if, they get a, if, they get a, if they get a supporting player to step up, you know, in, in case Mitchell isn't able to play, I think it go to the second round. Now, now again, if they end up playing the Clippers, then you ask me again in about two weeks if they end up playing the Clippers, because that's I don't I I honestly don't know what that's a toss up for me. So I'm in, I'm improving mode with Utah. They, look, they've earned that one seed. You know, they were able to kind of hold down a four with Mitchell being out. Will it, we'll be able to do it in the playoffs. That's a whole nother story and a whole nother animal. I'll just wrap up my thoughts quickly about the Utah Jazz. If they play the Warriors, I think they'll beat the Warriors in five, maybe six games, but I'll give the Jazz five games. If they should play Memphis, they should sweep Memphis. And then in the second round, if they play Dallas, I like their chances. If they play the Clippers, they're going to lose. Short and sweet, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. That? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, let, let's talk about the um, the the Portland Denver matchup. You know, we haven't touched on that one yet. I think I think that one's sort of like being overlooked because I, I feel like maybe this could probably go six or seven. This could be a toss up. I know Murray's out, so that's gonna kind of put a damper on it. But I'm I'm kind of I kind of feel like this is gonna be one of those toss up uh, series. What do you? Yeah, think? I blew up from a couple years ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you know, what do you think? I'll start with you, Josh. Dame Dollar time, baby. Dame Dollar. <laughs> don't don't underestimate Dame Dollar in the playoffs. And what makes this and what makes this go around so unique is the fact that they got Nur- uh, Nurkic back. Yep. They have a healthy CJ McCollum. Like 
having those components, which is what they lack in the bubble, man, if you have Dame Dollar from the bubble compared to those components combined, Denver's in a lot of trouble. Because what, what made Denver so unique was not just Jokic and the offense that they run, but with, but with the fact that at the end of the game, when you could close it, you had Jamal Murray. You had the ball in his hands. And, he can do, and he'll create the shot that he needed to create to pretty much seal the deal. You don't have that anymore. So who's going to be your go-to guy to step up on that Denver Nuggets team? Outside of Jokic. Jokic has had an MVP year. Of course, he's an MVP candidate. Nothing against what he's accomplished. But when it comes to rubber beats the road at the end of the game and put in the playoffs, is he going to be that go-to guy? I don't trust that. Jamal Murray, because all Jamal, Jamal Murray served as that guy for them. Mm-hmm. Now you're talking about going against a healthy Portland Trailblazers lineup where you have all those weapons and Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, you got um, a, a right, you got Carmelo Anthony coming off the bench. You have, you know, you have components that can fill the voids that Denver lacks sometimes. And if you can hold that down defensively, Portland, Portland may be on, you know, Denver might be on upset alert. And I believe that's because that's how much of an impact Jamal Murray really was to that Denver Nuggets team. Uh, Alana? Yeah, I agree. Um, I actually got the Blazers coming out of this one. I think that they're ready to go. Dame wants this so bad. So does CJ. Between Nurt coming back, obviously Melo coming off the bench, even Derek Jones Jr., which I know I'm a little biased, but he has brought it this season. Um, and with Murray out, I don't know. I feel like they don't have someone that they can consistently rely on for like a second and third option. And I think defensively, they're going to be a little bit, I think, um, under – it's going to be harder for them than I think people are giving them credit for. Um, so I think it's going to go to at least six or seven. But I actually have the Blazers coming out. And I, I – besides, obviously, I'm a Lakers fan because of LeBron and I love the Suns. But I love the Blazers. <laughs> I think they're such a fun team to watch. Um, their grind is incredible. I think they have such talented – players on their team they're well coached like there's not really anything not to like about this team so I'm rooting for them Dave right, real quick Josh I got I want to ask you if if Murray was still there how, how far is Denver going Oof. I would say Denver I would say Denver will probably win in six mm-hmm. like how, how deep in the playoffs though like you see them going if, if Murray how deep in the playoffs yeah Probably, honestly, probably Western Conference Finals. Okay, yeah, I I kind of agree with you. I I agree with you. He's he's the equalizer, uh, pretty much for this. Uh, I I'm 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 with you guys. I think it's the Blazers, uh, and I don't like saying that because I really do like the Nuggets because Yerkich, I mean not not Yerkich, um, the Joker, Joker man, like yeah. like Joker had to prove it. Like how, Lakina, how you said. Um, it was in the proof, like those team, that team had to prove it to you. Yep. Uh, Jazz had to prove it to you. I felt like that about him. Like he had to prove it to me this season. Cause I, when you drop a 50 point triple double, I'm like, okay, yeah, right. You know, mm-hmm. like, okay, are you really this good? He's like, yeah, I'm really this good. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm eight assists a game good, which is insane for a center. Um, and then you lose Murray and then your team gets better. You know, like in a regular season, they were what the fourth seed, that the third now. Like you know, your team got better, you know, because they played through you much more and they ran it through you much more. Now, of course, uh, the trade they made, you know, getting Gordon there definitely helped um, getting him there. But 
And of course, Michael Porter Jr. now having more room to operate and do what he really likes to do has also been helpful too. But they got their, I thought they got it when they went to the, you know, conference finals last year. I thought that that, that was their peak. I don't see how you repeat that without Jamal Murray because it's the playoffs. It's going to come down to Damian Lillard and whoever you got. So that's what it is. In that fourth quarter, that's who's going to come down to. We saw it with Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray. We saw that. So who you got? Like, you can't, you can't, well, who's going to match 40 footers with? You know what I mean? Like, you, you don't have that guy right now. And Portland has been together way too long and way too much chemistry mm-hmm. and know each other way too well for them to go out again in a first round. And like you all said, like, they are healthy. They're usually not healthy come playoff time, Portland. They are completely healthy. Yes. They have everyone. Getting Nurkic back is huge. Like, that's colossal for them. So, yeah, I think they pull this off, and I think they get that win, man. And, and I think everybody's also kind of rooting for them because everybody loves Daniel. So I think everybody just wants to see him do well and, you know, have that success because – in, in the world now where everybody leaves to go find that, you know, golden ticket, he's on, one of the few that has actually just stayed and showed that yeah. loyalty. So people support that. So, yeah, I'm going with Portland, though. You guys just uh, changed my pick. I'm going with Portland in seven. <laughs> Love that. Good. <laughs> Good. <laughs> be of service. <laughs> right, right. But, uh, but for Denver, uh, as uh, Dave just took the talking points right out of my head, uh, mm. for Denver – uh, Aaron Gordon, he's no Jamal Murray, but even though he's been to the playoffs a couple of times with Orlando, this is a whole different situation for him. He's going to be expected to uh, step up a little bit more now since Murray's injured. And Michael Porter Jr., we saw flashes with him last year in the bubble. Some games he played, some games he didn't. He's going to be expected to do much more this year. I want to see how those two guys play as the series goes along. Yeah. Should be a fun, should be a fun series nonetheless. Uh, real quick, though, let's talk Boston and Brooklyn. I mean, I, I, good grief. I mean, the Boston, I, I don't know. I, I look, I'm, I'm perplexed here because like, I don't know what to think about this Boston team. They're going to be shorthanded. So I think if the Nets, you know, if the Nets are healthy and assuming that they all are, I think then I wouldn't be surprised if the Nets end up sweeping, sweeping the Celtics. I don't know how. I'll, yeah, take I'll, I'll, I'll make it you. quick. Let me, let me make it quick. It's over. Four. It's a sweep. <laughs> Next week. I'd love to see it. We love to see Boston just get knocked down. Goodbye. <laughs> You're not biased at all. <laughs> Me never. Come on, Dave. <laughs> what about you, Josh? And I, I look at this series like I'm watching and one mixtape versus Kobe Bryant and like like the young oh, know, Shaq and all those guys. That's my, that's what I feel like I'm looking at. It's like because you got. The, the trio, which is like arguably the best big three ever created, if you mm. really think about it, all in the primes. Mm. And then you have Jason Tatum on the other end, who is pretty much their Kobe right now. Mm-hmm. And who else is really around him outside of Kemba Walker? There's, there's nobody. I feel like if I feel like if Kobe was, was in that position right now, he'd probably talk about Sports Parker and Kwame Brown again. Like, mm-hmm. that's pretty much how I feel like it was. Jason Houston Thompson? Oh, my oh, goodness. Oh, yeah. My gosh. Yeah, like, he's like, he's like who, who do I have on the ball? I, I got these random no-names on my team. Who am I supposed to pass the ball to? Like, that's how I feel like <laughs> yes. he's going to go with this, with this series. And that's how teams, my, Tatum might have to play in order for them to even have a chance because Jalen Brown is gone. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. at this point – yeah, I'm watching an one mixtape all over again. <laughs> <laughs> Kyrie's about to go off, Kyrie's about to go off and, and do his thing. You're going to have 
Kevin Durant be the unstoppable scorer that he is and pretty much drop 35. <laughs> and then you might have James Harden who can come in fat as heck and lose weight in a week and somehow be in shape <laughs> and drop a 30-point triple Still double. probably the biggest mystery of this season, and there's yeah. been a lot. Yeah. yeah. I, I, don't, I still don't understand. Him. I, I don't know if he's doing uh, nugenics, hydroxycut, whatever it is that he's using. Like, if Big Frank put him on, Big Frank then put him on, because my man has been killing, right? Yes. So if you put putting all that together, and you still got Joe Harris, you still got potentially Spencer Dinwiddie coming back yeah. if he's healthy enough um, for that for a deep playoff run. You got Jeff Green. I mean, why are we even talking? I mean, wh- why are we even discussing it at this point? <laughs> hey, and Josh, and Josh, she'll like it too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! I like not, that. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> so. I'll, I'll, I'll be the jerk in this room to give Boston one game. That's it. One game. Because, um, because the networks want to make a little extra money. But outside of that, Brooklyn should take care of Boston with no problem. You know what? I'll give them one game only because I really do think Tatum deserves a win. I want him I want him yeah. out of there. Just free Tatum. Yeah. Like, just yes. go somewhere else. So I, If it means getting him one win, I will take the L personally and give Boston a win. But otherwise, I want them out of there. Mm. <laughs> All right. All right. Advice. <laughs> All right, a little bit. Okay, well, we're wrapping up with the last few minutes here with our illustrious NBA panel, Big Dave Watson, Alana Tuckire, and Josh Hicks, right here on Second City Sports on War Media, presented by War Media, along with Cindy Brown. I am Lakina Mickey. Um, we'll do, okay, let's do real quick the NBA Finals. I know we didn't talk about the Atlanta and New York, but we don't, we don't, we're a little pressed for time for that. But we'll Mix of five. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> that works for me. Works for me. I know all our, our panel agree. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, <sighs> who do you guys have in your NBA as your NBA finals matchup? Alana, I'll start with you. Who? Um, I mean, realistically, you know what? No, I'm just I'm gonna we're gonna manifest here. It's <laughs> let's just run back Heat we'll and Lakers. You doing it? She's doing it. She's really doing it. Oh my goodness, she's doing it. She's we're doing throwing it. all realism out the window today. It's <laughs> <laughs> Friday. I'm hyped for the playoffs. Okay. Whatever. Like, <laughs> jerk. Heat Lakers. Let's go. Let's just run it back because I okay. still think that if Goron was healthy, we would have taken that one. But that's for another day. <laughs> <laughs> that's another that's another episode right there, Josh. <laughs> I think it, I think it will eventually be Brooklyn versus the Lakers. However, mm. my ideal picks that I'm putting in right now, Brooklyn and Phoenix. Mm. I mm. like that too. That's intriguing. One. That that mm. would be yeah. Dave. Uh, well, I'll, I'll say what I said on, on my show uh, a few days ago. I got Brooklyn and the Clippers. That's who I got. I'm going Brooklyn and the Clippers because I just feel like the Clippers have been real quiet and real under the radar and real chilling. And they kind of set it up how they wanted it. Like you said uh, earlier, Sid, they were avoiding the Lakers. They didn't want to play mm-hmm. them in the first round. I yeah. completely agree with you. Exactly. Um, they wanted to save that and let them go get punched around, you know, and beat up, you know, and then get to the Western Conference Finals where, you know, it can mean something. Because Kawhi is a silent assassin, and that's exactly how that team has been moving all year long. Yeah. It's very silent and very quiet. I, I have some faith in Paul George. I don't know why. It makes no re- no sense why I have faith in Paul George <laughs> at all. At all. He's evil no this year. He's evil. <laughs> no, 
oh gosh. I, I have no rhyme or reason. Honestly, I can't lay on anything and say this is why I believe in him, but it's just a feeling. I just I just feel like he's gonna be solid this time around in the playoffs. But I think it's gonna be the Clippers and, and the Nets. And I don't think I don't see anybody beating the Nets. Like it's just, it's just not gonna happen. I don't see anybody beating them. It's it's a disappointment <laughs> if they don't get to the finals. And I mean a colossal one if they don't get there. So that that's my matchup. Sid. Uh, you guys know doing our preview, um, see, regular season preview show, I had Brooklyn and the Lakers for the finals. I'll stick to that, but I agree with you, Dave. If it's not the Lakers coming out of the West, it's the Clippers. Uh, the road is easier for them. I think they had the second easiest road next to the Lakers, uh, wow. potentially to get to the finals. If this is not the year to do it for the Clippers, uh, there's going to be some problems. So I'm sticking with Brooklyn and the Lakers, but the Clippers should uh, have a, 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 the better chance of making it to the finals this year. Um, oh gosh, for me, I'll say Brooklyn, obviously from the East, uh, it'll be an LA team. I just don't know who yet. I mean, it could be the Lakers, you know, hopefully, you know, everybody can stay healthy and stay, you know, in one piece. Also, it could be the Clippers. Like you said, Dave, I mean, they've been kind of like, you know, sneaking around, you know, Hey, everybody, you know, no one's paying attention to us. I think that's how they like it. Yeah. So hopefully we'll get playoff PG. We've, I've been waiting for like the last six years. So hopefully, hopefully we'll get it. Hopefully we'll get it. Yeah, you don't even see Steve Ballmer losing his mind as I much. Know. You don't even see that going around. So like, yeah, I honestly forgot the Clippers existed. I'll be see, yeah. see, see, so fucking so fucking so, yeah, so, so calm and cool. Now, okay, yeah, okay, real quick before we wrap up here, um, MVP, some of the awards that were that were um, that were announced on Thursday. Okay, MVP, Steph, which I'm a little surprised by, but that's another. That's another another episode. Um, Mr. Jokic, Nikola Jokic, or Joel Embiid. Josh, I'll start with you. Chris Paul. Amen. Yes. That's fine. Maybe it rigged them off, man. Like <laughs> the CP3 effect is so real. I don't know how you can go from a Phoenix Suns team that went to the bubble. <laughs> to do a play-in tournament of their own and lose and exactly. go from there, bring in Chris Paul, mm. and they're the second-best team in the Western Conference. Somebody explained that to me that heard he doesn't have his name on that MVP finalist roster. I, it blows my mind. So, for me, I think Joker is eventually going to win it. I do think that. However, I'm putting my foot down and saying that this is rigged. <laughs> and that they made and need to put CP3 on that roster because he deserves it, and I think he should have been an MVP this season. Amen, Dave. Uh, well, honestly, to your to your CP3 point, because I think he should have. I do think that, but why I don't think it's crazy is for me, MVP is always about numbers and winning second. Um, and you got to have those numbers. Like he's averaging what 16 a game. Mm-hmm. Like sixteen and eight, and they and they can't justify putting a dude sixteen and eight when you got Steph who did something really crazy and astronomical to be in there. But I'm not I'm not saying that I agree with him being third. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm, I don't. That's why I'm just giving the, their point of view and their kind of perspective on it. Is Steph Steph was insane, and the numbers he put up were insane. And I've always felt like if you do something crazy, that's the only time you know winning and numbers are kind of excused is when you do something insane. Like Russell Westbrook, when he won, that was a six-seeded team. But you average a triple-double. What you want me to do? You know what I'm saying? Like, like you win. 
But I think that, but you're right. I mean, we saw what Chris Paul did and we saw what he did with this team. Like they went from worst to first. Like he did what Jason Kidd did, you know, with the Nets. And Jason Kidd finished in the top three MVP voting. So yeah, that's how that goes. Um, but I had Embiid all the way for a long while. And then towards the end, after Murray went down, and when I saw what Denver did, I had Jokic. And it's hard for me to go against that. Like, they got better. <laughs> like, they got better. Like, losing arguably their second – well, not even arguably, their second best player. And you got better. You, you lost your clutch performer, the guy you lean on in the fourth quarter to do things. And your team got better. You didn't miss a step. I believe in their first 10 games, they were 9-1 without Murray. That's insane. Like, like there should be a fall-off. And it never came and it never happened. So, I would give it to, to the Joker, you know, second-round pick. You know what I mean? Coming in and doing what he's done. Mm-hmm. I, I'd give it to him. I'd give it to the Joker. Alana? Um, I think that Dave made a good point regarding numbers, and that is how the league looks at it. I don't think that's how it should be. I think it should be, you know, the, the player that made the most impact on his team. Um, and for go. me, that would be Chris Paul with Jimmy Butler being a close second because Stop. you know Butler. <laughs> what is wrong with you? MVP. Problem. You have a problem. Listen, he had like when he is on the floor, we are a team transformed. So he needs to be in that conversation at least. But Chris Paul is at the top of my list. And I really do think that the league needs to kind of start looking at it a little bit differently, or at least maybe having two awards. Because honestly, to me, most valuable player means who is like affecting their team most, not who's padding the stats. Um, so to me, Chris Paul deserves it. But I don't that's I don't pay attention to awards anymore because I think that the way that we do this in this league is stupid. But you liked it when LeBron won, I'm sure. <laughs> he deserved it every time. But. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. I'm with, I'm with the panel here. Uh, Chris Paul, we talked about this, Lakina, for the last two months. Chris Paul it was my MVP candidate, but I think Jogic will, end up, will be ended up uh, – ooh. Three, two, one. I think Jokic will end up winning the award. If Joel Embiid has, didn't miss so many games, I think it would have been a neck and neck race. He yeah. probably would have gotten it, but yeah. Jokic is going to win the award. I'm with everybody else. I mean, I wish it had been CP3. He should have been a finalist. But, you know, since we got to pick between these three, I am going to pick Jokic just because it's, it's amazing what he's done even before Murray got hurt. I think he definitely took his game to a whole nother level when Murray got hurt and he's holding down the fort for, for the jazz. So I'm, 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 I'm for the fun that I should say. So I'm, I'm, I'm giving it to Joe Kitch. He totally deserves it. Mm-hmm. All right. Jimmy you know, Butler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you need to take a trip down into heat Twitter land because the movement is in full effect and just wait till the playoff. Jimmy, Playoff Jimmy, y'all aren't ready for. Not there, right? <laughs> Not ready. <laughs> uh, and on that note, we would like to thank our illustrious panel, Big Dave Watson, Alana Tuckire, and Josh Hicks. Um, well, who are the guys? Follow you guys on the social media. Remind everybody, Alana, I'll start with you. Yeah, you can find me at Alana Tahauer, T-A-C-H-A-U-E-R, on Twitter and Instagram. Um, obviously, part of the five sports, um, five reasons sports and network. So um, me and my Co-host Michael Christian actually just launched our own podcast. Um, we're recording a little bit today, a special episode. We have we had Jax on, Jason Jackson um, from Heat cool. Town um, on last week. So fun stuff happening there. Um, but thanks all for having me on. This was a blast. Always fun when you guys are on. And Josh? 
I know you got a lot of great stuff coming up. Tell everyone about it. Yes, sir. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, Josh M. Hicks Media. And we have great stuff in the Scope podcast this week. Drop with uh, MC Sports Chicago, Rob Schaefer, talking all things Bulls, um, as well as the little play-in tournament that just played out. So it is now available on YouTube. You should be able to eventually check it out on War Anchor as well. Good stuff coming up. Don't want to miss it. And Dave? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Ball Sports, B-A-W-L Sports. Uh, podcast, Ball and Ball on Bulls. You, you have to say ball like it's Avery Johnson saying it. So you got to put some stank on this. Bow! That's how you say it. <laughs> um, so you can follow us there. Uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, we're there. Uh, you can check us out anywhere. Uh, definitely have our YouTube page. You can check us out there. Also, you can check out the show that I host called Open Gym Sports and Culture. Uh, which is a show we just deal in basically sports and culture and anything that's going on within the world of sports and anything going on within the world of entertainment or politics or anything like that, uh, we discuss it. So you can check that out uh, as well. But yeah, we all over. Real quick before we get get about it here, for those of you listening to at War on Anchor, I'll, um, I'll describe as best way I can. Check out the video footage at War War Media. Alana, since you're showing your love for LeBron James, I figured I'll show my love for LeBron James too. I'm wearing his uh, 14, so, uh, <laughs> so I think you'll like that. Uh, okay. <laughs> you like right. that. <laughs> All right. How Not bad. Cousins of you, obviously. <laughs> 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 All right. This, oh, <laughs> I love this man. This guy has been so much fun. Thank you guys as always for joining yes. us maybe we can do it right after the season as you know summer league we and you know it. we'll actually have an off season this year in the nba in the nba so guys thank you guys so much you guys stay safe love you guys and appreciate you you know thank you guys so safe much. trip alana safe trip thank, safe you. Travel. thank you so alana. much let's go heat one game all right <laughs> <laughs> peace y'all all right all right you guys take care you guys take thank care you. Ooh. All right, Lakina, take us home. Got a towel off. They're always fun when we have yes. them. Well, you can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kino's McGee on the IG. You can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow this podcast, Second City Sports, right here on YouTube. Video drops every Monday and Friday. Once again, video drops every Monday and Friday right here on YouTube at War Media. Once again, W-A-R-R Media. We're available on all podcast platforms at War on Anchor, which uh, which kicks you over to all podcast platforms. Type in that search engine box, W-A-R-R on Anchor. We're also at WeAreRegalRadio.com, W-E-A-R-E-R-E-G-A-L Radio.com. And you can follow us on all social media platforms, including right here on YouTube at War Media. That's W-A-R-R Media. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and right here on YouTube. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Like and yes. share, folks. <laughs> yes. All right. For, and also, thank you to our great panel for joining us today. And for Sid, I'm the king. Mm-hmm. You stay safe out there. Wear your mask. You're not going get to the, get the vax. And stay safe out there, folks. So, this is my second season, Sports Zoom style. And we'll see you next week. Till next time. Holla. <laughs>